Subtext and Discourse, the podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the art world with a diverse range of individuals involved in the field. I'm your host, Michael Dooney, owner and director of Berlin-based gallery for contemporary lens-based media, Jarvis Dooney. I hope everyone had a relaxing break and has settled into 2021. My guest today is co-founder of Office Impart, Anna Schwanz, who together with Johanna Neuschäfer is redefining the role of the gallery in these rapidly changing times. Regular listeners to the program, as well as those who follow developments in the art world and related market, will be well aware of the existential crisis facing art galleries today. Anna and I speak about the different challenges that galleries face and how initiatives like Office Impart are embracing digital technology to bring some much-needed innovation to this traditional field. Please remember to subscribe to Subtext and Discourse on your preferred streaming platform to keep up to date with new episodes of the show. Though without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Anna Schwanz. This is the first time we've spoken in English, actually. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so I'm sitting now with... Anna Schwanz in the office of Office in Part or the, right. the physical location of Office in Part. Before we talk about this project and the space and how it all functions, maybe you can give me a little bit of backstory to your path into the art world. Yes, my name is Anna and um, I am uh, working with Johanna Neuschäfer here for Office in Part and actually I'm in the art world now more than 16 years and I'm uh, starting my career with Eigen and Art, Galerie Eigen and Art here also in Berlin and mm-hmm. I went there directly after my studies. So I studied art and art history in the northern part of Germany where I grew up as well and then the gallery was my first how to say, step in the art world. Yeah, in Berlin or in Leipzig? In Berlin, no, here in Berlin. And I worked with them really a long time. It was over 13 years, which was a great time and which was really my base for a long time. I learned everything there. To what I'm now and how I see the things in the art world, yeah, I learned a lot there. Yeah, so how did you start it as an intern or how was it? As a volunteer. As a a volunteer and then I stayed actually. Mm -hmm. um, And I was able to do everything what a gallerist can do in the gallery there. So like work in all different fields. So like small exhibitions, big exhibitions, all the international art fairs. I worked a lot with the artists and it was a very lively and very positive time. Oh, cool. Was that your plan when you went to university to do art? Never. (laughs) Never. I never uh, thought that I will end as a gallerist actually. And even when I started to work with the Eigen Art, friends asked me, and yeah, and then that you think that you will have a gallery by your own once? And I would always say, no, never. <laughs> I, I, I really see, don't see me for a long time as a gallerist. Yeah, And it really that? grows. Why you didn't see yourself as a gallerist? Because I never thought that I will have so much fun to work self-employed, I have ah, to say. Okay, yeah. This was really something what develops through the years. But now, actually, I'm very happy with it. Oh, so you went from Eigenart to here? Yeah, directly. Directly, wow. Because I thought you were also involved with the Eigenart lab. Yes, of course. So, But this, I would say, was my time in Eigenart, yeah. But you were right. The last three years, Johanna and me already worked there together. And we run the Eigenart lab, which is Mm -hmm. the project space of the gallery. And we had already there a good time because we we really worked by our own and and developed the projects and found the artists we want to work with and Mm -hmm. think about the concepts of the Eigenart lab. For us, it was really a space to think how you can bring a gallery in the future, yeah. uh, the, the system of a gallery to request this. Yeah, know. I looked through the back catalogue to try to remember when some of the shows were, and I think I it was 2016 that they had the free Wi-Fi show. Yes, right. 
because I remember that one. And that was, I thought, really interesting at the time and still now, really, yeah. that it was an online exhibition or a digital exhibition, but you still had to go to the physical space yeah, right. to access <laughs> the work. <laughs> that was true. That was really a fun exhibition, what we do together with Brandon Howell. And he had the idea to do a show which was about Wi-Fi and digital or net art pieces, but you had to come to the gallery and it, the whole gallery space looked like an internet cafe. Mm. And then you had to have your own device and have to had to log in in the intranet and then you were able to see the pieces. But yeah, it was really fun and was really future-wising or how to say. I yeah. Look. It, was, it was good, yeah. And so you met Johanna during the time at Argonaut yes, or you were both yeah. working there? We were both working there. Johanna came a little bit later to the gallery than me, but then, yeah, for the last three years at Eingart Lab, we already worked as a team. Yeah. At the time when we left, we did not have really the plan to do open the gallery. And yeah. But after we left, we both thought, so we, we really built up something together and to working as a team was really good. And when you're growing up, you know when it's you you met the right person to work yeah. with. And it's not so easy to find a partner in this field where you can trust, where you can really work on a creative level and where you push each other to the next level. You know, yeah. I think this is something where you can create the energy out of the team idea. Like this, yeah, this is really good. Yeah. So we found each other and were very happy. And then we started in, I think, April. Yeah, April 2018. Yeah, so three three years now, or just over th no, three and a half, really. Oh, no, it's two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half years. <laughs> two and a half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, next year we will be three but already. Yeah, gosh, it goes quick. Did you always have a physical space? Uh, no, actually, we really start without a physical space. This yeah. was on purpose, I have to say, because when we started, it was really the first weeks we discussed a lot who we are, yeah. who we want to be, what we want to do, how our business should look like. And then we realized after a certain time, okay, we are gallerists. Yeah. Actually, the things what we are doing, it's the things what the gallerists are doing. And we really believe in this job and we really think that it's a very contemporary job mm -hmm. and a contemporary, uh, how to say, like, thing, what, what, what the art market is needed. You know, yeah, like it's, uh, this position is something what you really need and is very current. But then we thought, okay, but we don't want to have this structure of the gallery mm. or, or we want to extend the structure of a gallery because we don't believe in this. Every gallery looks the same. When you ask people, what is a gallery? You get more or less the same definitions. You have a space, you mm. have a certain group of artists you work with, you do exhibitions in a regular time mm -hmm. frame and you go to some art fairs every year doing some artist talks or whatever. And of course, we believe that everything is necessary to run a gallery, but there's so much more. Mm -hmm. And for us, we really want to extend the idea. And when we try to describe what we are doing or what Office in Part is, like this is the name what our little business have mm -hmm. now, we try not to define a gallery through the architectural space or the architectural uh, space idea, because for us, so much more. Mm -hmm. And it's more about a space on different layers or about what a gallerist is really doing. A gallery is something what the gallerist is doing. Yeah. That's why we see us as a gallery, but on a flexible and dynamic format. Yeah, definitely. Like I opened my space in 2013, and I remember like the first two years of Gallery Weekend were really, really busy. And I feel like I started, like if it was a wave, I started just before the wave peaked. Yeah. And then every year it was getting more and more difficult. And then you're reading in Artnet, different galleries closing, like ones in New York and London that had been around for 20, 25 years that decided it's not working anymore, we have to close. And everybody was looking for what's a new way of doing something. So I think it's amazing the way that you've thought in a contemporary sense, how can we 
continue to provide the mm -hmm. service that a gallery has, but bring it up to date because mm -hmm. it's been the same model since... I guess since the 50s or the 60s really, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the gallery definition always changed a bit. The model we, I think we both know, or maybe worked for the last 20, 25 years. But yes, I think it's really important that you always, when you when you run a business, that you think about how the changes around you. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something what the gallery scene really missed some years. Yeah. The traditional gallery system, it really was really successful over years. Mm -hmm. And Everybody is growing. And if you see the current service about the market, you really see that the whole, how to say, the umsatz, like the... The turnover. Yeah, it really grows yeah. from the 2008 to now. So that's why I I believe that it works. Mm -hmm. it, or it worked. But still, there's so much things going on and everybody feels now that it has to adapt to what's happening outside. Yeah. So was it through the project space, the Eigenart Realm, I suppose that gave you a lot of freedom really to experiment and to yes. try new things? And yes, absolutely. This was really a creative time. And as you say, we really had the freedom to try out, which was really nice. And this gives us, of course, a push to do it on our own and, yeah. and to really to try. And also, of course, we get more self-confident that something else could also work. Mm -hmm. As we started, I think we both loved this freedom just to do what we want. Yeah. Like, or like really to try out. I think this is also what we had in the beginning and what we really learned again now through the COVID mm. time, to the, in the lockdown time, really to believe in ourselves and just try. And uh, maybe you fail, but who, who cares, you know, then yeah. you have to try the next. And this is yeah, what, why, we, why we love to, to work uh, self-employed at the moment, we have to say. Thinking about then how it was at the beginning, how did people react to it? Because even if you didn't have a physical space, people were right. like, oh, I want That's, to come to your gallery. This was the first question, or... right. Yeah, this was, it was not easy because the first half year we have so much talks about who are we and oh. how we are working and you have no space. Ah, and always when you say, okay, we have no space because we are a new gallery format. Ah, you are an online gallery. We say, no, we are not an online gallery. We are a gallery and working with different layers, but not just without a space. And the decision not to have a space was more about that we want to change something. And if you took out the biggest part of the game, then you have to adapt. Then you have to think about different models and possibility to show art and to talk about art. And we needed this really to do something else and to think about different ways. And then we started really quickly with different exhibitions, but not on our own space. So mm -hmm. we started with corporations and did shows in different institutions together with different galleries. And yeah, I noticed that with Pablo's birthday in New York. Yes. Then on the website was A+, then Schwarzkunde. Contemporary, yeah. state of the art. Collaboration seemed yes. to be at the heart of this initiative, just with you and Johanna, but then even with other people yes. that you've brought on board. Yes, totally. Because for us, collaborations and also thinking about networks is really a foundation of our believing in how we want to work. Mm -hmm. oh, it's one of the fundamental things of Office in Part, I have to say, because when you think about digitalization, what it really means, it does not mean that we need to be an online gallery because you are thinking about digitalization. For us, it's more about what really changes in the society and mm -hmm. what does it mean for a business or could yeah. this mean for a business or for a structure. And for us, this was really two big points cooperation and networks is something what changed and we try to adapt for a gallery system. Mm -hmm. And that's why we believe in it and we see that it works. We think it's nice. It's nice to collaborate with people and when you bring networks together, it's so much more successful for everybody. In yeah, the absolutely. And that we just yeah. believe in it. 
Was it difficult to find other people with the same mindset? I won't say difficult. It's um, you find the right people. Yeah. You just work with the people who have the same understanding than you have. Otherwise, it's not a cooperation or no. collaboration. You can't do it with everybody because for some people, they don't want to. But it's totally fine, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and some people who are really into it, then it's fun. And then it's working. And I think it really works only with people who are really believes as well in the cooperational thing. You have to meet on the same level. Yeah. And how is it then with artists? Because do you represent artists? Uh, we don't like want to. In the traditional sense, maybe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we work with artists, but we don't use the term represented mm -hmm. because we more believe in the partner. Yeah, okay. We want to be partners for our artists. But we, of course, really believe in a loyal and long-term mm -hmm. relation with them. Because we also learned that you can meet artists and you can love their work, but you really have to meet the person. Absolutely. And uh, to work with an artist is nothing what you can just, how to say, that you can just click and then it works. Yeah. It's really a relation what you have to build up and it needs time. And you can't just do it with time. Mm. And now after three years, we had a group of artists we worked from the beginning more or less. Or like mm -hmm. we we doing projects together from time to time and it's really a nice group and we really like them <laughs> and every artist has different needs you know yeah. and with some artists we talk every day and with some we just doing singular projects mm -hmm. which is totally fine every artist is different so you not have just one system for everybody yeah i think when i very first started and i met with helen adkins she was telling me a lot of it is like maybe not a marriage but it is very much a relationship yes. it's not just they're not employees It is no. a one-to-one. -one. You yeah. both want to benefit from a relationship, yeah. but then you both have ups and downs like a normal relationship. Absolutely. And you also need that chemistry and affinity with one another yeah. for it to work long-term. Yes. And even if the work is amazing, if it's hard to work with a person... You can't, like, and it makes no sense. When the energy is not on the same level, it will not work. And I also believe that the artist role changed in the last years because you have so much more possibilities as an artist also to be visible in yeah, the, in the art market that it changed the role of the gallerist. Mm -hmm. uh, because before, the gallerist has the network and has the mailing system, but the artist does not do it. But today, you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have all the social media things, and you are so much more visible. And That's why you, yeah, you have to also adapt this partnership between gallerists and artists. And again, we work with artists who also believe in the same ideas than we do. We, we try to speak with them very open, how our systems function and what we need and what they probably need and what we believe on both sides. Or like you said before, so it's given and taken. It's like in a real relationship. I think with galleries as well, I have to look up her name. Because Velkunst now have a podcast and Lisa Zeitz was speaking to Monica Grutters. Monica Grutters. Monica Grutters. Yeah, the Bundeskulturminister. She was saying the way that she sees it, because people often accuse galleries of being gatekeepers and preventing people from going in certain directions. She likened galleries to publishers. I always think of it in terms of music and think about a record label. And you know that whatever they're looking after or whatever they're interested in, If I like their style and their taste and yes. their philosophy and their ethos, yes. then okay, I can resonate with whatever they're putting out. Totally. I, I would totally agree. As a gallery, you are also like a brand. And today mm -hmm. you are working more and more as a brand. And of course, you build up a, a community around you with different things. Like mm -hmm. you can, of course, you don't have to, but you can. And this function and this function for the artists as well, because you are then part of it. And this, in the best way, it works for both sides. Yeah. The artists obviously have a lot more possibilities now. And mm -hmm. I tell artists as well when they say, oh, we need to get a gallery. And when I ask them why, 
they struggle to put it into words because, like, well, what do you want the gallery yeah. to do for you? Yeah. I guess the internet really is what's changed everything for artists because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. can have not just a website but an Instagram account and a digital presence and they can have an audience just by themselves. Like they don't need a gallery or an agent or a representative. I guess speaking as gallerists, how then do you grapple with that? Is that still compatible? Yes, because I think on a certain time when you're working as an artist, you need a partner. Mm-hmm. Because the art world is not easy always, and it's different on a lot of sites. And it's always good to have somebody you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Just easy to call in the morning and say, okay, I have a request from A and I have a request from B. What should I do? Mm. Should I do? So like you just have a, how it comes from the boxing side, when you have a sparing partner, you know, yeah. like to talk about things and to decide things. That's one point I think is very important. But on the other hand, as a gallerist, you have so many roles. Of course, you are the seller, you are the consultant, but you are also the shipment guy, you are the logistic guy, you are the, you take over also the psychology part between the artist <laughs> and the collector and whatever. Yeah. And as an artist, you should be an artist and you don't take over all these roles as well. And for, of course, some artists are very good in it and could mm-hmm. do it by their own, but the most of them are not. Yeah. Or don't want to do it because they want to concentrate and focus on their art. So that's why you have somebody who do the things for you yeah. and with whom you can do the things together. And I think this brings you much more. And also the galleries, as you described it, the gallery could be an agent or could be the publisher or house yeah. or whatever, or just the gallery that you spread the word. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, you have your network, which is fine. But as a gallery, you had maybe a bigger one or a different one because that's your job. And that's yeah. why you're bringing... The good news in the world. Yeah, definitely. And it's always easier, I think, to speak about other things that you really like it and to bring it to people and to mediate it to people than you have to do it about your own stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's always a lot easier to talk about other people's work and to say, this is really nice. Whereas if it's yours, you're always a bit... Yeah, and you have also the... A person in between is also good. It's more serious if you ask an expert about buying art or about collecting or about creating than to ask the artist itself, because mm-hmm. of course he would always say my art is the best. But if you want really to build up a collection mm-hmm. or want to engage more in the art market, you don't want to have just one. Yeah. Anyway, this kind of expert role is something what is really growing in the society. And I think it comes when you see the US or the UK, the consultor part is much bigger in the art market than in Germany, but it, mm-hmm. it will grow because... You do nothing without an expert at the moment, right? Yeah, and it seems in a lot of other fields as well, yes. like this kind of consultant. Consultant, you have an, you have an, how to say it, when, when you're doing sports, when you go jogging, you, know, you have your pro on the side because if you would jog alone or walk alone, then it's not so effective than when you have Yeah, a, you need this sort of external motivator or yes. somebody there to validate what you're doing. Yeah. And right. definitely with the art world, it's a lot to do with your credibility. Yeah. Because if somebody else says that you're good, I respect their opinion. And if they think you're good then you must be good. Of course, it's always the third person who's needed. Exactly. You mentioned COVID before, and that's Mm -hmm. another restriction that's forced you to innovate. I know this year you've launched a lot of digital projects, but I had the feeling that a lot of them were already in development. Yeah, because really from the beginning on, the digitalization is for us really the big issue at the moment. It's, mm-hmm. It changed everything and it's like the industrialization. It's really our topic for society today. So we really believe in it and we really try to work in different fields with it and try our tools. Yes, the COVID or like the lockdown in March, the first days were, were crazy and we really struggled. But then we, we thought, no, wait, because we don't have to change yeah. really because we really already start to think about these whole old things and we start to work already in these fields and with our dynamic format it's about 
adapt to the situations. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about this. And the good thing was that we had, had then the time to really to bring up the digital formats what we all wanted to do and what yeah. we already worked on. And yes, one thing what we did quickly there was Instagram interview series quickly asked mm -hmm. because it was, of course, great to see where the artists are and we tried to ask them how they work in, the, mm -hmm. in these uh, days and in these months and what are the next projects. He had to be in contact with them and just to see what they are working and to meet the artists in their, in their life, yeah. which was fun. And now and then we develop it more and more and do it for every show and uh, oh, cool. sometimes okay. in between. It's something what we are now doing regularly yeah. because for Instagram, it's a nice way to talk about the projects, what we are doing. Yeah. And do you feel then social media is absolutely essential for galleries to be engaged or present on these platforms? I think it always depends on the gallery and not the person who running the gallery. For us, it's essential, I, yeah. I would say, because for us, it's a very good possibility to be visible and to bring content to the people. If you like to work with these social media tools and with the ideas and how the things are running, then it's working well because you can really bring in content and the ideas of the artist to the people easily, yeah. more or less. Of course, it's taking a lot of time. It always looks easy, but of course it, took, it yeah. takes a lot of time, but it really brings the things to the audience. And I really like it. It's not boring to, yeah. to work with these and to try out as well. For us, it was really what we're also doing is that we are doing more and more little films about single pieces, what we are showing in yeah. the shows or what we want to present. And if you would ask me a year before, I, I don't know if we really would do it, just really stand in front of a piece and talking three minutes, maybe one and a half about what you're seeing there and mm -hmm. just describing the piece as a gallerist in front of a piece, which is easy. Everybody could do it by their own, but it really works. It works mm -hmm. for Instagram and it works also on different platforms and it oh, works okay. for the for our website. And it, it's cool because it's so direct. Most of the time we really just describe what you are seeing and what the piece is about. Very mm -hmm. short, one and a half minute. It depends on the format and on the tool where we want to use it, but it's good. But this is something what we discover, yeah, the last Yeah, half so year. that was unexpected. Because I know yeah. a lot of other museums were walking around the shows and it's like, oh, do I want to sit for an hour and watch them walk through the exhibition? Because I think part of going to a gallery is that you can go at your own pace and you can spend more time with one piece, less time with another, and you're free to roam around. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think, but the good thing is that we have to try it out. Maybe we found this out that it's not interesting to go with somebody an hour filming through an exhibition. Mm -hmm. But if we not do it, if we not tried this out, nobody would know it. Yeah. So yeah, we just try and we will see. Wow. I guess people resonated with it. They yes. got a lot so more we, Yeah, we get yeah. a lot of good resonance on a lot of likes on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, which is fine. Yeah. But the artists that you work with, then I guess they must be all digital natives to some extent. They're quite at home posting things online and they're living essentially on the internet. Not, it's not, not so necessary, but most of them, yes, mm -hmm. but not everybody. Like the artists we are working with, we try to, we always get asked how we will find you, how, how do you find your artists or what is you know, the artist group you work with? And actually for us, it's important that they have a position to the now in a way. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about the... Um, medium they're working with. It's more about how they're positioning themselves in, in, in now. It, it's from painting to net art or like sculpture. It's, mm -hmm. it's different. And then the second important part is, of course, that the working relation is, yeah. is the right one. But, yeah. but So when you say the medium isn't so much of a concern, it's the, the message, I guess, <laughs> that yeah. they're putting out there. Do you lean more towards political messages or social justice or 
It the also depends. It also depends. When is a piece starting to get political and when not? An abstract painting could be political if mm -hmm. the artist is somebody who wants to say something with the painting or whatever. So some of the artists and some of the positions we work with are directly political, but some of them are more in the background. But that's, I think it's not our point. I think it's more that the positions really... We always say that they have to position to to the now. It's they have to be see themselves in a relation to 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 mm -hmm. the society and to what's going on around them. And it could be a painting position, but it could be also like Konstantin Dunlat or Jonas Lund, who are really working in the net art field, and they are totally involved in the digital developments and bringing out really interesting pieces. Oh, they are okay, not net yeah. art pieces, but they are also physical pieces. That, and that's for us, it's really interesting how you can work with the digital ideas, but bringing it out to really art pieces, what you can hang on the wall. Wow, okay. Like this. As you say, the point is that their work is relevant. So yes. you can know that this right. is the time that I'm living in. Yeah. And then when I see the work and I understand that this corresponds to this moment mm -hmm. in time, mm -hmm. no one's done this before. And if I look back, I can tie it to this period And I know that this is important for these reasons. So it has a it has a relevance that goes beyond. Yes, the art world. and in the best way, the the relevance will stay also in the future, so that the art pieces, of course, then be timeless. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose a lot of the current issues that we think are new. They've been recycled. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the history <laughs> repeats always. So I think good art will stay. That's what I mean with timeless. They have, of course, respondents to the time now, but in the end, the art piece is also good in 10 years and also in 100. Like mm -hmm. the big artists, they stay forever. Going then to some of the other projects from mm -hmm. this year, the Berlin Views was the one that I thought yes. like that came just at the right time. Yeah. Was that already in the pipeline? It must have been. Actually not. <laughs> this was really a spontaneous decision. We do the Berlin Views with uh, Tanja Wagner together. Yeah. And Tanja called us. It was beginning of April. It was the time when these kind of city initiatives came up in New York and somebody did it in London. And then she asked us and said, hey, what do you think? Should we do something for Berlin? Mm -hmm. And then we were totally... Uh, convinced yeah we need something in berlin as well and why not just try and then we had one month because we had the <laughs> aim to open in order to launch the website in uh, beginning of may and then we did it and yeah. it was really a tough time to convince the colleagues and to build up the page the, the web page and but it works and it, we are very happy about it that it still works and we change so maybe I can describe it quickly. This is a gallery platform for Berlin. It calls Berlin Views. And we combine the 36 galleries. It's a very diverse group. So we have young galleries, established galleries, galleries who are working on the international levels, some working just very local. We have uh, online platforms which are based in Berlin so that we really try to build up the diverse scene from Berlin so that it's function as a window mm -hmm. in, in the scene. And every gallery has a... It's a one-pager and every gallery has a little space to describe their own work in three sentences. And then you vorstellen. Present. Yeah, you present. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> every gallery can present one artist at a time with three images. So two works mostly and one installation view. Mm -hmm. So for each work, you can see the details and you can see the price. Mm -hmm. And then you have the possibility to inquire for the piece to the gallery directly. You can scroll down and you can get an overview about what's happening in the mm -hmm. art world. You can see really a lot of different artists and art pieces. It's really like an intro in the scene. And I yeah. think this it's an easy access, I would say. Yeah, I felt as well. When I went to the website, it's not as like a lot of other online platforms can yeah. be quite convoluted and you've got to go through all these different processes and it feels too much like either a shop or 
trying to be too clever and yeah. you think, oh, I don't yeah. understand this, this is too frustrating. And I think, like you said, it gives an overview. Going through the galleries and the work that's presented, it feels like Berlin's contemporary art scene. Like yes. it kind of encapsulates it quite nicely, yeah. I think. And if you weren't aware of it, but you had a maybe a familiarity with contemporary art, mm -hmm. you could look at it and then understand the point of view of mm -hmm. the gallerist and the artist yeah. that they're presenting in Berlin. Yeah, that's true. And we change the artists from time to time, so more or less or every four or six weeks. Mm -hmm. And we really now we are planning already the next year how, how we want to do it because we really see that it functions also really to bring people in the art world who maybe who are not so into it at the moment, you know, because the access is very easy, the visibility is easy. It really works about um, the images. Yeah. And this is, uh, it's nice. Do you think as well, with a lot of the online platforms, that it's helpful for people who, for whatever reason, feel excluded from the art world? And a lot of people seem to have this apprehension about, am I allowed to go in this space? Is this okay? Do I belong here? If I definitely compare it to, say, Gallery Weekend, it's almost like you get a lot of people through the gallery because people feel like, I have permission now no, to go I'm, into I'm this. Allowed. I'm allowed to go in the spaces. Yes. And maybe with the online, people don't have that apprehension mm -hmm. or they feel like no one's going to judge me. This is okay. And I have more open access to mm -hmm. art now. Totally. I think this is also why Instagram works so well in the art scene. Yeah. Because it's so easy to see art and to get a contact to the artist and to get an access. I have to say it is a little bit about this The artwork was really exclusive for a time and mm -hmm. it was hard. And that's what we also get as response from young collectors or people who start to be interested in art and to collect art, that they don't know how to start, that they don't know who to ask, where they are really allowed to go. And is it okay to ask for a price? Mm -hmm. And is it okay to say, I don't understand the work? Like the easy questions, it's, um, they are codes, I think, yeah. that we don't know or that we don't see anymore, but they are there. Yeah. And uh, we try to open up this field as well because we, we really believe in the young potential scene here in Berlin mm -hmm. and working a lot in different formats with it. So like Berlin Views is something what we see in this direction as well. And we're doing a lot of tours. And for next year, we uh, try to do a uh, web talk series about how to collect art, how to start. Oh, yeah. yeah, how to start an yeah. art collection, like a little webinar. We think it's important for the next generation. Yeah, definitely. And for the field, really, for the yeah. industry, because how can it sustain itself if you yeah. don't have an audience and if you don't have people coming in and engaging with the work and with the community, yes. really? And we really see how much the next generation or young people are really interested in art. Yeah. They are because they really see that the art scene is giving you so much back. If you're interested in art and if you're really going to exhibitions, talking to the artists, mm -hmm. really try to find out what the artworks are about, to think about the content, to dive in a world that you don't know, that enrich your life so much more. What we also see is that they are really interesting because they can give something back to the society. Because oh, when okay. you are buying art, you are not having a luxury product, mm -hmm. you know? You, you have something what is, of course, you don't need, <laughs> in mm -hmm. a way. Yeah. And you buy something, but you really support the whole scene. Yeah. And you support the artists, you support the art crowd, the cultural life in the city or in the country. So you give something back. And uh, this is, I think, what also the next generation is really interested in. Yeah, I've, I've spoke to other artists about that as well when they're saying, oh, how do I find collectors? How do I get my work to be seen and everything? The work is one part of a bigger thing and them as a person is also part of it, but then the experience that the person, whether it's a collector or a casual buyer, 
has with the work. And I think I didn't experience it until I went to houses of collectors mm. and then saw how they lived with the work and how they described the pieces, where they found them, how they were introduced to the work, why it's important to them. If you were coming from the outside of the art and you just saw the piece on the wall, you wouldn't know why they bought it. You would think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't understand this. I don't know why it's so special. But then you see the enthusiasm of the person that purchased it and then you see or you hear the story behind it and you, you find out the history to the work and then yes. you, you impress all this meaning onto yeah. the piece and then you understand, oh, okay, I get it now. This is why people yes. really love this kind of thing. Yeah. You will be part of a new world. When you're starting collecting art, you, yeah, you are part of, a, of the art world. I guess on that topic, what we've definitely learned this year is that the art market is one of the last industries to digitalize itself and to come into the 21st century. And Art Basel got a lot of negative feedback from their online viewing rooms. And people now, rather than having art fair fatigue, they're having screen fatigue that I don't want to look at another catalogue of 100 different items. And then the Come Closer exhibition, mm-hmm. when I went to the opening, yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever really seen anything like that. And... I think that is really a different way of seeing art and experiencing it mm-hmm. in the digital space, but mm-hmm. not in the same way that it is an online gallery. It's almost like mm-hmm. a platform for something to happen. Maybe you can try to mm-hmm. can, explain uh, how you came up yes. with it. <laughs> We tried to plan this exhibition beginning of this year because I really believe as well in meta art and in digital art and media-based art because this is, of course, will develop in the next years more and more. And there are really interesting art pieces and artworks coming through this. And it's very important for us as well. But we always think about how you then really do it mm-hmm. because we are also not programmers and not experts in these fields. But we try to think about how we want to do it. And then we met Constant Dulat and Jonas Lund, who are also artists we work with, and they are working on a platform which we thought it's brilliant because we are able to show art pieces there, but you have also the possibility to meet there and, mm-hmm. to, and to speak with people and to speak with the audience. And so the exhibition calls Come Closer. It's an online exhibition of 10 international artists. It's about proximity and social distancing <laughs> or in these times, and every artist is showing with one piece. Some pieces are really new. Some of the artists really developed a new piece for the show and some we just create works that are already existing. And the good thing also on online shows is you can show a very international crowd easily because yeah. we have artists from Nigeria, from the US, from the UK, from Paris, from Germany as well, of course. So it's international and it was very fun. It's very interesting to see the different ideas about proximity and about social interactions in between the fields. And on top, we have the possibility that the audience is visible and can meet there. And actually, if you would ask me before, I would not believe that it's such a big change yeah that is such a big difference to a normal online platform but in the moment when you recognize that you are not alone there you already have the feeling you are in a space yeah you, you are you experience this space really in a different way and this was a very very positive experience for us and especially the opening was really fun yeah. because every visitor is visualized about a little dot mm-hmm. it's a colored dot and at the opening i don't know there were maybe 50 people at one time and you have so much little dots going through the website it was yeah. really like a little dot party which was uh, really fun And then you have the possibility also to speak. And when the visitors come close to each other, so that the little dots are next to each other, then you can, the microphones goes on and then you can speak. And so yeah. you can meet in a plant or on purpose. And this is cool because as in a normal exhibition, you can run into somebody and uh, can talk about how, how do you like the piece and yeah. whatever. And um, so that's great. 
Yeah, that was kind of mind-blowing seeing that. And then when you're getting close to other people and you can overhear what they're saying, yes. so it was like being in a physical space. <laughs> yeah. And then if you saw names of people that you knew, you're like, yeah. oh, that person's here. I wonder, if they, have they seen me that I'm here as well? Yes. And things like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And then we have also the possibility to really do doing talks there because when you are an administrator of the page, you are visible through a bigger dot with a camera inside. Mm -hmm. So you are visible and then you, what you are talking or speaking, then the whole website is hearing it. Ah, okay. And that's why for the next months we are planning to talk about what is the difference between an online exhibition and an offline exhibition. Yeah. So like, because we also feel the preparation that some things are different. It's in the in the end, of course, an exhibition is an exhibition, but mm -hmm. still online, you have to rethink some structures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was so unexpected. I think that's probably yeah. what was so special about it that when you went in there, somehow you were entering a space at the same time as other people, and yeah. you could see them digitally, see them, and then hear them as yeah. well in the space. Yeah. And I think even just the sensory response to yeah. being in that environment, I think, was somehow in between a physical space and a digital space because you had elements of mm -hmm. being in a physical room or in a space mm -hmm. with other people. Exactly. Happy that it works like uh, that yeah. we see it as well. <laughs> as so and uh, if the people are looking for the show, you can find it just easily on our website, like an office in part, www.officeinpart.com. And then you see a dot where you can find the online show, which is the access to it. And how long does the show go for? Till end of February, Til for end. sure. Oh, okay, cool. So it's so online. We, for... we leave it a little bit online, yeah. Yeah, nice. One other thing I wanted to ask you about is the Good to Talk mm -hmm. platform that happened. I think I missed last year, but I definitely went to the one in 2017. I met a lot of people there and it was a great symposium that yeah. lasted for 24 hours. 46, actually. Oh, it was 46 hours. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because it was over was the two days, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. It started on Friday night mm -hmm. yeah, and then continued to Sunday afternoon. Yeah, this was really long. So, yeah, Good to Talk is also like a network event. What we founded with four other gallerists in 2017, we founded it with Tanja Wagner, together as well, Daniel Mazzona, Thomas Fischer and Sebastian Klemm, mm -hmm. all gallerists here from Berlin, because we thought that there's another format needed to talk about art on a very interdisciplinary level, that we open up the art bubble a bit mm -hmm. and to bring up topics and to bring topics together that people are not talking about the same things all the time. Yeah, and I think that's why it was really nice, because yeah. you did have a good mix of, sometimes it was a performance or it was just a talk, right. a presentation, there was also panel discussions, so... From one point of view, it wasn't too academic, but then it wasn't just for artists and yeah. it wasn't too broad. For me, I think it was a platform where you could access different parts of the art world in one location yeah. in a concentrated period of time. Right, that's true. And uh, we were crazy because the first Good to Talk really runs about 46 hours nonstop, which works well and which was fun. But of course, it was heavy. It was such a blockbuster that we, for the yeah. for the second edition, we thought maybe it's enough. We do it 24 hours, yeah. which was also challenging. But this was fine. And actually, the next Good to Talk will be more or less the same amount of hours. Oh, 24, <laughs> just yeah, one day. Maybe, yeah. maybe. At the moment, we are start to think about how we will do Good to Talk 2021 because it's a festival what we will do every two years. Mm -hmm. At the moment, we are thinking about a more hybrid format that we, of course, combine analog and mm -hmm. digital formats and projects. Yeah. So I guess some of the elements from this year that you've discovered or learnt or you've yeah. tried and know, yes, this works, this doesn't work. These are things we can Yeah, and also that on. we adapted more to the time. The first two editions were always in the Berghain canteen, so mm -hmm. on one fixed place. And we thought, oh, we really want to try how it could work when you go to different spaces okay so that the people are moving or could move or just follow it online so that we try to combine these both ideas let's see 
it's uh, in the process now. Wow, it's exciting. So that's for 2021. 2021, yeah. If, Seeing what state if, the world is yes. in. <laughs> right. Otherwise, we have to do it just digitally. Yeah. Were there any other projects that you have coming up that you wanted to mention? Yeah, we are working on some cooperations already for next year. So we will cooperate with Dark Taxa. This is a project from the artists together who are working on post-photography ideas. Mm -hmm. um, we will show them here in, in our office. And then we are doing a cooperation with a gallerist in Hamburg who opens a very nice space in the Hafen city. Yeah. I don't know, is it, is it the English word for Hafen city? Because I think it's in... Harbor city. Harbor city, I don't know. <laughs> the current thing what we are working is really a survey about the digitalization in the art market. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the first part will come out maybe in February. Mm -hmm. So this is what we are. It's an active survey now or? Not now, but soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is really what we believe in, that we also really interested in these structures and analyzes what we are working in. Yeah. yeah, I think it's incredible what you've both managed to create and all the energy and everything you've put behind it. It's really amazing. Yeah, that's what we believe in. No? That's what I mean in the beginning. We have the possibility to work on so much different fields and, and a gallery could work on so much different fields in a mm -hmm. gallery and that's what we like. Yeah. And I think we think this is important to try out the different fields and then to bring everything in a way again together because it's all about art and about the artists and when you have these different formats and different ideas it's, it brings you to different levels and this is what we like yeah absolutely well thanks a lot Anna it was thanks. really good to talk to you thank you yeah. <laughs> thank you I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Anna Schwanz there was one aspect of Office in Part that we forgot to mention and that's the weaker a weekly newsletter with exhibition tips for Berlin and elsewhere. It usually arrives Monday evening, Central European time, and in addition to exhibitions, also includes recommended reading, articles, podcasts, and other art-related content. Just go to their website, officeinpart.com, and you'll see the link on the top right where you can sign up. As always, I've included links to each of the items that we spoke about, as well as related social media in the show notes to this episode. However, if you have any questions, comments, or would like to get in touch regarding this or previous episodes, please feel free to reach out. That's all for today. Please subscribe to catch future iterations of the show. Thanks once again for tuning in. My name is Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.